Hello and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School for Sunday, October, what is it, the 13th? <laughs> yeah, Sunday the 13th of October, Zoom, every once in a while like everybody else, it just amazes me how fast time goes. Anyway, happy to be with you. It's 10 a.m. here in the west coast of the United States. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in New York City, Washington, D.C., in the east coast. 17 hours universal time. And a couple of weeks from now, for our listeners around the world, because the United States will be going on daylight savings time, most of us anyway, the uh, time will change and we'll go to 18 hours universal so that we can stay at the same time for our domestic listeners. So it'll still be 10 a.m. if you're in the U.S. Pacific time and uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. But for our listeners in various parts of the globe relying on Greenwich Mean or Universal Time, we'll go from 17 to 18 hours as we uh, fall back and lose an hour of uh, daylight. So I think that happens first week in November. A little heads up on that. Our topic for the day today is self-employment and self-reliance. And I thought I'd share a little bit of this with you because um, many folks, especially here in the United States, but also around the world as the economy lags, are suffering, looking for a job, and having a tough time finding one. And, boy, there are a few things in life that are as challenging to your self-esteem and your whole self-image and self-confidence than having to live without a job being refused and rejected over and over again, just failing to make the cut, you begin to take it personally, and uh, it's understandable. Just not enough jobs to go around. My sense of economics is pretty basic and really pretty simple. Have you ever played the game Monopoly? I'm sure most of you have. And maybe there were three or four or five of you, I think of it as a four-person game. And What happens when one person ends up with all the money? That's right. Game over. Not much you can do when one person has pulled all of the limited resources out of the game. They have all the money. They have all the hotels. They also have an attitude. <laughs> have you ever noticed they start acting as if they really are superior, even though you may all be, you know, like 14 years old or something. But, well, turns out the real world is very much like that. People who have a lot of money, not always. There is some very self-aware and conscious, yet fabulously wealthy people, but they're the minority, by and large, Fabulously rich people are driven to that wealth by some sort of sense that they either are or need to be superior. Maybe it's narcissism. Maybe they're just particularly talented. Maybe they're lucky. 
maybe they inherited money or power or position. Maybe they know the right people. And in most cases, a combination of factors like that. But the economy is bad in the United States, Europe, and most of the rest of the world, which relies on those Western democracies and uh, the U.S. dollar, simply because billionaires have pulled the money out of the economy. Too few people have too much money. So what we're going to do about that would be a topic for another show. I believe, in a nutshell, all we can do is develop our awareness of it, educate ourselves, and calmly speak to each other. The revolution that we need to change our priorities and redistribute wealth is one of consciousness or awareness. I'm certainly not calling for any kind of... uh, overthrow through violence. But education, and most importantly, given the nature of this program, the raising of consciousness, especially among the wealthy people. Look at people like Bill Gates and Ted Turner and Warren Buffett, who give away billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars, and they set up nonprofit charitable foundations and just give it away. These are people who have been moved by their conscience, by their awareness. They know they have a unique opportunity to make a wonderful impact and a difference in the world for the betterment of all humanity. How do you hoard money? Again, a billion is a thousand million. So when you have 10 billion, 20 billion, that's 10,000 million or 20,000 million dollars. That's an extraordinary amount of wealth to be hoarding it. And yet, that's the situation that we're in. To the point that these people will even buy governments, it's rather inexpensive from their point of view, relatively speaking, to simply buy enough Congress people, enough senators, enough politicians at the state and local level to do your bidding. And so our institutions, government and otherwise, have become largely corrupt. Well, that's pretty much, as I say, as much economics as one needs to know. But what that means is if you're waiting around for the middle class to grow again, to be the kind of country that this United States was as a leader of the world, especially in the 1950s and 60s and to a large extent even in the 70s, right up until I would say the early 80s, that's when things started to really get out of hand. But for that period between World War II and the early 80s, this was an incredible country. I mean, Economically, even before World War II, it was an incredible country, but the economic strength after World War II and up until the policies began to change and the government began to change very rapidly in the 1980s, the middle class was strong. 
one person could work in the family and support that family. You could have a house and a car. You could have a nice Christmas for the kids. And then in the 80s, two people had to work in order to begin to make it. And now two people could have two and three jobs and still can't make it. So this program is about self-reliance and self-employment. What are you going to do about that? I don't think we can afford to wait for the cavalry to come over the hill and save us. I think we're going to have to do something on our own to sort of drop out, become more self-reliant, and initiate a wealth-building program of some sort. Now, no shortage of get-rich schemes on television advertised as infomercials and advertised in print media and elsewhere. The Internet certainly is full of get-rich-quick schemes, and many of them involve real estate as an example. What I'm going to talk to you about is not a particular scheme or strategy or market. What I'm going to talk about when it comes to considering more self-reliance and self-employment is looking within your own heart to find a calling, a purpose, a particular set of gifts and talents that really reflects you. And then match that with a need that people have and you have a market that you can match with your particular skill your talent, and your ability. And that's really what I want to promote. You have within you, in your heart and in your mind as well, a sense of who you are and why you're here. When I say look into your heart, it's because the way you'll find it is by asking yourself, what do I love to do? The second step in determining how to make this calling profitable for not only you, but everybody that you serve, is to line up that passion, that love, whatever it happens to be that you really love to do. That thing that you would do if you had millions of dollars in the bank and didn't have to ever worry about income or employment, what would you spend your life doing? Take that passion, that love, and ask yourself, given that this is what I love to do, this field, this area, this particular enterprise, this way of spending my day, how can I align that with something people really need? And then ask yourself, what do people need? Then go beyond that. What do people want? That's a little bit different than what do people need. And you really want to and need to (laughs) consider both. What do people need and what do people want? Often what they want is not what they need and vice versa. So give that an overview. Give that a good think. I think... It's important to do this in conversation with your family, your spouse in particular, your partner. Do this with your best friends, those that you really trust. Help them to do the same thing. It's very possible, even likely, 
that they find themselves in the same position. Okay? So, what do you love? What's your passion? What would you do if you didn't have to even concern yourself with income? And how do you line that up with what people need and what people want? Now, when I say talk about it with the spouse and your partner and talk about it with your friends, that's part of the process. I also strongly recommend journaling. Write a story, a fantasy, if you will. It doesn't have to be long, and it doesn't have to be difficult. And, of course, you don't have to do it at all. I'm not requiring this of anybody. I'm not in that kind of position. I'm just saying that that can be a really powerful process. Write a story as if you were taking a creative writing class in school, and in just a few paragraphs even, or a few pages, Tell the story of how you discovered your passion. Realize that you have a way of bringing a product or service to people that they really, really want and need. Besides talking to your family and your friends and maybe journaling as well, another very important strategy and probably the most important of all is to daydream. I'm serious. To daydream. If you've been listening to this particular webinar, The Ageless Wisdom Mystery School, for more than a couple of weeks, this should not surprise you. My emphasis on visualization in deeply relaxed states, on guided imagery, meditation, contemplation, introspection. Today we're going to call it daydreaming where you close your eyes and relax, put your feet up, get nice and comfortable, pump up the pillows a little bit, and close your eyes and dream. If I had all of the money that I needed so that I never had to worry about basic needs being taken care of, getting the kids through college if that's what they wanted to do, have a nice home, a car that runs, money for gas and food. And If I was comfortable, I don't need excessive wealth. I don't need to be a power broker, a mover and shaker, an opinion maker, a purchaser of politicians and men. Just enough to be comfortable. How would that feel? And then feel that feeling in your body of contentment, of satisfaction, of comfort. Beside being a great Buddhist teacher, and you think of Eastern philosophers in particular as being very non-materialistic, but he admitted in his writing, in one of his books, that there is a, how did he say it, a certain Buddha-like tranquility that comes from having a little bit of money in the bank. I think that's true. And maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe we should have more faith in the way life works. Usually we torment ourselves unnecessarily, and things do tend to work out for us in the long run. But it's hard not to have high levels of anxiety, to be stressed and worried, to be nervous and apprehensive, to be downright afraid and terrified when you realize how close you are to 
being unemployed, how few paychecks it would take if you lost your income, pay periods that it would take if you lost your income before you'd be in dire straits, really big trouble. And so it might be unusual, it might be an odd feeling. You may find it unfamiliar to experiment with your eyes closed, deeply relaxed. How would I feel inside to know that I never had to worry about money again? And then begin to review. If I could earn this income by being of service to other people, providing them a good or a service, a product or a service that they really need and want, by doing something that I really, really love to do, what would that be? And you can start in either end of the equation. You could really start with what do people really need and want. What is the world, the marketplace, giant corporations failing to provide for people? And then think about what do I have that I love to do, that I could do to work toward that, even though I'm not sure how. Or you can start in the other direction. Personally, I, I would prefer to start this way, which is to look at your calling first. What's in your heart? What do I love to do? What would I spend my life doing? And I have three or four or five things that come to mind. I've been fortunate in that I've always been able to do what I love to do. My career in radio broadcasting, doing news and talk shows, followed by my career in personal development and emotional intelligence, public speaking, counseling and training. This is what I love to do. But there are other things I would love to have pursued had my focus and direction been different, a career in music. It could be performing, playing, composing. It could be owning a music store. I would love to own a music store. I even had a fantasy at one point about buying a Winnebago. And if I had been single, my wife never would have gone along with this one. But uh, maybe if I had been single, I could have done something like this. I wanted to travel around the United States going from music store to music store and pawn shop to pawn shop, collecting guitars, refurbishing old guitars, and flipping guitars the way people flip houses. Uh, that to me so sounds crazy. Again, it's no way to riches, but it would have made me happy. And often, fabulously wealthy people are not happy. So that's the final point I want to make in this free forum today. If you want to know more, join us for the premium training that starts in about eight or nine minutes. And to get the URL and the password, if you're not already enrolled, just go to theagelesswisdom.com. The T-H-E is part of it. The W's dot theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars, then premium training. And with your ATM card, your bank card, credit or debit card, you can sign up in about 60 seconds. The thank you page and an email to confirm will include, in both cases, 
the URL link and the passwords you need to join us at 10.30 Pacific Time, 17.30 Universal for the premium training, which usually runs about an hour and 20 minutes, sometimes a little more than that. And we'll go into this in a little more detail. I'll also play a program for you from our archives about self-employment and also about the benefits of self-reliance. And so I'd also like to recommend in parting that you read Ralph Waldo Emerson's book on self-reliance. I think you'll find that it's uh, very encouraging, a very wonderful, a very heartwarming, uh, satisfying book. At the same time, it may even excite you and encourage you to follow your dreams, to daydream, to find something you love to do, to match it up with something people really want and need, and then begin to take the baby steps to move toward it. People that I know that do this have varying degrees of success, but they have a quality of happiness, of contentment and fulfillment that is hard to match. You say, well, yeah, if you get successful and make millions of dollars, I would be too. But no, I'm talking about life as the journey, not the destination. I'm talking about the happiness and contentment that's created as you move toward that grand success. The success is actually in the doing it, not in arriving at the destination. You have to believe in yourself in order to do that. You have to discover yourself. This is a personal development process. If you want specifics about particular programs that have worked for me, that could work for you, I'd like you to email me. I'm not going to use this class as an infomercial for any particular approach to work from home. I'd rather emphasize that you, as I say, create an alignment between some passion that's within you and something you love to do. But if you get stymied, if you are not finding anything that you love to do that you can think of or just can't figure out any way to match it up with the wants and needs of consumers in general, shoot me an email. My initials at theagelesswisdom.com. So Michael Benner, MB, like Mary Baker, just MB at theagelesswisdom.com. I answer that email personally. I'll get back to you. And I'll show you a couple ideas that I have if you come up dry and you still want to pursue this idea of self-reliance and working from home. So there's more to this. We're going to talk about the victory garden and growing a little bit of your food and doing a little better with your energy use. And there's a number of things that we can talk about in the longer extended program. That's what the premium training is really all about. It's a pocket full of change. It's uh, half of what you'll probably spend on lunch today. And we'd love for you to join us if you can. In any event, this program is podcast and streams after the webinar adjourns. I want to thank you for being with us. And hopefully you'll join us next Sunday as well on the 20th of October 
2013. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from Los Angeles.